morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, August 4th. It's also National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. Daysoftheyear.com says those tasty treats date back to the late 1930s. That's when Ruth Wakefield, who ran the Toll House restaurant in Massachusetts, decided to experiment with a batch of cookies, and the rest has become a sweet page in our history. We hope the weather will be as sweet today. Let's head over to the First Alert Weather Center for a check on your Thursday forecast. Hey, good Thursday morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine. Warm and muggy out the door this morning, along with a slight chance of rain. Carry the umbrellas with you just in case throughout today, along with a couple of hit or miss showers and storms inland this afternoon. We'll have a high temperature today around 92 degrees. Rain chance about 30% today. Kind of hold it there for a Friday and into the upcoming weekend as well. Plenty of sunshine, plenty of dry time over the weekend, but also having to dodge a couple of showers and storms both days. High temperatures will be around 90 degrees. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org slash careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. And here's a look at your headlines. Agents from the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division have arrested two former Goose Creek officers in a sexual exploitation of a minor investigation. 40-year-old Conrad Staten is charged with third-degree sexual exploitation of a minor and misconduct in office. 52-year-old Shelly Olick is charged with misconduct in office. According to the arrest affidavit, Staten had more than 15 inappropriate images of a 17-year-old student while he was a school resource officer assigned to Stratford High School. Olick is accused of knowing that Staten had those images and had inappropriate interactions with the student. Staten was fired from the Goose Creek Police Department in March Goose Creek City officials say Olick resigned in May. Police Chief L.J. Roscoe released a statement saying on March 18th, the Goose Creek Police Department became aware of allegations surrounding former SRO Staten. Immediate action was taken, placing Staten on administrative leave while simultaneously launching an internal investigation. She continues saying as a result of that investigation, former SRO Staten was terminated on March 28th and, quote, Roscoe says the charges brought yesterday are a result of an investigation she asked SLED to conduct. The city of Charleston has proposed raising its minimum wage to $15 per hour for all employees, including construction workers as well as first responders. Right now, the lowest paid first responders are firefighters with a high school diploma who earn around $12.80 an hour. As Ray Urena reports, the city says this is one way they're trying to hire more people and keep them around longer. Yesterday, the City of Charleston's Human Resources Committee voted unanimously on a recommendation to City Council that the city increase its minimum wage for every single employee up to $15 per hour. Councilmember Kevin Sheely says the potential pay raise is in response to around 280 full-time vacancies in the city, plus several dozen more in the police and fire departments. 
Here's a breakdown of what this recommendation looks like. A total of 482 city employees could see a pay bump due to this change. Firefighters and police officers will also get a pay increase of around $2 per hour with this recommendation. City officials say the raises come without a tax increase because of stronger than anticipated revenues they have seen this fiscal year. Ultimately, they want people to be able to live where they work. Unfortunately, we've had we've come across some vacancies. We've been losing people because these people are so great. They're so good. They're able to find jobs elsewhere. We have to find a way to be able to retain our employees that are so great in the city of Charleston. Those recommendations will now go to the city's Ways and Means Committee on August 16th before going to full council shortly after. If council approves, then those changes to the city's minimum wage would take effect immediately. Reporting in Charleston, Ray Arena, Live 5 News. A new master plan community in the Wando area is moving forward with its plans to expand the community down Clemens Ferry Road. Charleston's Technical Review Committee will discuss the plans for expansion this morning at a meeting. Molly McBride joins us live in Charleston. So Molly, you spoke to the city about this. What did they have to say about the plans for the community? This morning, the committee will be discussing the Point Hope community's pre-application, which the city says for a project this size is required. According to their site plan, the, this phase of the project includes nearly 300 multifamily units. The plan also includes room for restaurants, retail stores, and a couple dozen townhomes. This morning's meeting will be the first step of many for the project. However, it will give developers the chance to receive input from the city's planning, stormwater, and engineering departments before their next submittal. I spoke with Robert Summerfield, Charleston's Director of Planning, Preservation, and Sustainability, who says although city sprawl is a constant concern, the developers are doing their best to limit it. We don't necessarily encourage sprawl, but this is the area where the city has identified um, new development occurring. And uh, with the development agreement that's in place, this is the appropriate location for that. He also says Clements Ferry Road has a good amount of transportation and will be able to connect these new communities to the rest of the low country. Reporting live in Charleston County, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Well, Crime Stoppers has increased its reward for information in a deadly hit and run that killed an Outer Banks crew member. That reward amount in the July 5th hit and run that killed Alexander Jennings is now up to close to $9,000 with up to an additional $1,000 for information leading to the arrest of the person driving the first vehicle. The Charleston County Sheriff's Office says that crash happened around 2.30 in the morning on Saul Legree Road near Folly Road. Deputies say Jennings was walking on the roadway when he was hit by a vehicle that drove off. Another vehicle then hit him, but that one stopped a little later. Anyone with information on the first vehicle is asked to call 843-554-1111. Charleston police are searching for this man you see, who they say pointed a gun at another person downtown. Police say 39-year-old Theodore Benjamin is wanted for allegedly pointing a gun at a person. It's unclear when that incident happened, but anyone who has information on Benjamin's whereabouts is asked to call Charleston police. North Charleston police say they have arrested two men in connection to a shooting back on June 22nd that killed one person and injured another. 24-year-old Antonio Odom and 21-year-old Trayvon Drayton Faber are both charged with murder and attempted murder. 
Police responded to McKnight Drive off Dorchester Road around 1.15 the morning of June 22nd. Officers found two victims with gunshot wounds. One died at the scene. The second was taken to the hospital. Attorneys for three current death row inmates are suing the state of South Carolina, claiming its methods of execution are cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, this week the death penalty in South Carolina is under review in a Richland County courtroom. The trial is expected to wrap up today and yesterday marked the second day of witness testimony. Yesterday, both the plaintiffs and defense called forensic pathologists to the stand. Dr. Jonathan Arden, an expert for the plaintiffs, testified to the effects that death by electric chair and firing squad can have on the body. Those are the two methods of execution allowed in South Carolina after the state was no longer able to obtain the drugs needed for lethal injection. Arden testified that after both these executions are carried out, a person will remain conscious for around 15 seconds or longer. He says this means in both forms of execution, the person would experience immense pain. An expert for the defense disagreed with Dr. Arden's analysis of the firing squad. She says because of the way South Carolina has set up its protocol, an inmate who was shot would lose consciousness almost immediately, quickly enough that they would not feel pain. Again, the trial is expected to wrap up sometime today, and once it's over, the South Carolina Supreme Court asked the judge to deliver a ruling within 30 days. But one Hanahan resident is doing all he can to save a decades-old palmetto tree in his yard after receiving a notice from Dominion Energy that it's scheduled to be cut down. The owner says it's been out there for 25 years and all his family wants is a chance to save it. Our Lauren Quinlan joins us live with more. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning. Jay Mullis says after returning home one day last week, he found his tree marked with an X and a note in his driveway from Dominion Energy, and that note stated that the condition of his tree warrants action by the company. The Mullis family has lived in this home since December of 2019, and they say the palmetto tree is the most important piece of their front lawn. Mullis contacted a Dominion representative and shared his concern about the sudden notice that the tree was a threat and was looking to find a mutually beneficial compromise. According to Dominion, they say the tree has come in contact with their energized distribution conductors or power lines and has been identified as hazardous. After being told there wasn't anything Dominion could do to save the tree, Mullis took it into his own hands. He has since trimmed the tree in hopes that it would no longer pose a threat momentarily and would give him time to move the tree on his own dime. It's, it hurts my humanity, and I think it's important that, they, that we start working together on these issues. Um, it's a piece of me that we, that we cut and uh, the tree I think will be fine and my hope is that they'll let me just move it back 10 feet. Mullis says he's looking for a chance to work with Dominion to save his tree because to purchase a new one would cost thousands and take years to grow to the size of his current one. Now, Dominion Energy asked that customers with concerns regarding trees on or near their property should give them a call. For that number, click on this story on Live5News.com. Reporting live in Hanahan, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. Celebrating a birthday today, actor Billy Bob Thornton is 67. Actor Daniel Day Kim from Hawaii Five O is 54. Actor turned princess Meghan Markle is 41. And actors Dylan and Cole Sprouse turned 30 today. Former President Barack Obama is also celebrating a birthday. He turns 61. And a big happy birthday to the Coast Guard. 
It was on this date in 1790 that President George Washington signed a measure that led to its creation. His signature gave a group of revenue cutters the power to enforce tariff and trade laws and prevent smuggling. 232 years later, we are grateful for those who serve. Thanks so much for joining us on Morning Y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. 